on here. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Every day on the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast, we discuss faith, spirituality, and the realms of paranormal. And all day, every day, I create reality-bending supernatural content. You can support me for more at any time over on my website at www.cubcooker.com. Lots of goodies over there for you, including our membership, which I'll go ahead and tease on the screen right now. But you can jump over there later for more. Um, So if you're already in love with what I'm doing here, hit that QR code up. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic membership over there. So I'll talk more about that later on as we go, but our mythos membership, number one way you can support what I'm doing. I'm trying to drop some knowledge today. We're going to be dropping some Anunnaki knowledge, some, some stuff that, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you shouldn't know. Maybe if you're happy, happy with your life. Uh, if you don't like manifesting, um, if you don't want some secrets to manifesting, this is probably not your episode today. If you do want them, this is totally your episode. Sorry about the double negative there, but um, you definitely, if you're into manifesting, we're going to be reading uh, from the Anki and the World Order document today, which is an ancient, ancient mythology found in cuneiform tablets uh, in the uh, Mesopotamian region of the world. Um, and today's episode is entitled Secret Anunnaki Code for Big Manifestations. Ego is your tool. Episode 343. Love the palindrome numbers there if you're into numerology. Backwards and forwards, forwards and backwards. As above, so below. Let's get into it, guys, as we got some people joining over here on Facebook and YouTube. Let's get this pushed out to more people. Thank you guys for the likes and the comments already. Really appreciate you. Appreciate our TikTok community over here. Let's pump it up over here on Facebook and YouTube as well. Okay, so I'm going to jump in and just get going for everybody here. So Anki and the World Order is a fantastic text. Um, Again, it is from antiquity. It's an ancient, ancient myth. Uh, been translated and retranslated a bunch of different times, of course, uh, just like anything. But um, I found a pretty decent translation that I personally like. Got it ready to go for you guys today. So Anki in the World Order uh, starts out, it says, Grandeloquent Lord of Heaven and Earth, self-reliant Father Anki, engendered by a bull, begotten by a wild bull, cherished by Enlil the Great Mountain, beloved by Holy On-King, mess-tree planted in the Abzu, rising over all lands, great dragon who stands in Eridug, whose shadow covers heaven and earth, a grove of vines extending over the land, Anki, lord of plenty of the Anuna gods, Ninamund, Mighty one of the Akur, strong one of heaven and earth. Your great house is founded in the Abzu, the great mooring post of heaven and earth. This means that heaven and earth have met and they have been bonded together, the mooring post. Uh, Right away, this document is like, I mean, it's just dropping the knowledge. The topic today, as you can see, is on the screen here, Secret Anunnaki Code for Big Manifestations, episode 343. 
My apologies if you missed that a minute ago. Mark, thanks for joining, my friend. This is going to be a fantastic, fantastic study today. Probably some of the best manifesting hacks I've ever shared today, okay? If you can get in this frequency that I'm going to share today, I think you're probably going to have a really rad Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year. Uh, and I really want to help more people with that now. I'm looking to help myself with that. And as I discover things that are working for me, I really want to take them to you. And it's odd that I stumbled upon this text today and decided to start reading from it because I actually had a spiritual experience last night uh, that actually kind of ties all of this together. And so there's a very, very poignant message to this text, which I promise I'm going to share by the end of this today. Uh, there's also a beautiful framework that you can apply to your life when it comes to your manifestations, your hopes, your dreams, your family, uh, your circle. This is incredible, guys. We have these ancient texts and they literally give us the secrets of the gods. And uh, rather than us falling down and bowing down and worshiping something that we, you know, we don't really understand. We don't we don't know where it came from. You know, was Anki real? Is it like a myth? Was he an ancient astronaut? You know, you have to answer that question. For me, I believe he was an ancient astronaut. I believe he came down. He did a bunch of stuff to terraform the Earth. I believe he was a great scientist. You got him in the background today. Throwing my artwork up on TikTok again for you guys just to help with the experience. I like experiences, and I want to give you a good experience while you're here on the podcast. So, uh, Riley says, always watching your flow. Thank you, Riley. Appreciate it. Mark Wolf says, yep. Um, so anyway, uh, we're going to get into this, but this, this starts out already. Enki's being praised in this document. And like I said, um, a lot of the Sumerian, Akkadian, Babylonian, Mesopotamian mythologies, they read like biblical texts because that's where we got biblical text from. That's where the Old Testament story of Genesis comes from. The flood and the serpent in the garden. Did you hear how Anki was just described? He is the great dragon who stands in Eridug. I mean, I, I don't understand. Or excuse me. And Lil is the great dragon who stands in Eridug. Um, this gets confusing. That's why I have it pulled up. Um, so I'm going to read that again in case you're just catching up now. Um, and I'm going to explain what occur is here. E dash K-U-R. This is super important to understanding our pyramids of the past, okay? Uh, so grandiloquent Lord of heaven and earth, self-reliant Father Anki, engendered by a bull, begotten by a wild bull, cherished by Enlil, the great mountain, beloved by holy on king, mess tree planted in the Abzu, rising over all the lands, great dragon who stands in Eridug. So yes, it is Enki that is the great dragon. I just found this text today, by the way. So I'm not like, you know, a lot of times I'll bring you a text and I'm super studied up on it. This one was so important for me and I got a lot of downloads about it. And I'm like, I got to take this to the people today. Like I got to hit it. I got to hit it up today because we need to get this info out there. By the way, if you type in Enki in the world order, there's only a handful of places you can even find a PDF online. There's a couple of translations that are almost unreadable. This one was decent, and it was from a pretty obscure website, like the back end of a college website. 
hidden in like a sacred text section. Super hard to find, by the way. The URL was like three miles long. So that's why it's important. If it's hard to find, hard to access, probably pretty important. So he's the great dragon. And we know in the book of Genesis, he is described as a serpent, okay? He's a bringer of knowledge, a trickster. He's a serpentine being. Do I think he was actually a long, an elongated dragon that flew in the sky? No, I think he was more of a reptilian type. I think he was what they would consider a dragon um, a, a lineage, if you will. Um, you know, and all the carvings of Anki, you know, he doesn't look like a reptile, uh, reptilian is a different, you know, it, it's probably a different species of ancient astronaut of extraterrestrial, right? Uh, not like they show him on TV where it literally looks like a dragon. Um, but you know, this is more like very tall, very elongated, probably more scaly skin, maybe even shiny skin, you know, shining ones, uh, that you hear about in the Bible. Um, so super, super interesting here with these archetypes and the, the explanations in these ancient myths. Um, you know, if we read them at face value and we go, oh, he, he was a dragon. This is such a myth. But if you stop and you go, okay, they're trying to describe his demeanor and the fact that maybe he did fly down in a ship that looked like a dragon. Like maybe that's why, maybe he had a massive ship that came down and it was elongated more like a dragon or a sky serpent. Remember all these creator gods that are sky serpents? Uh, the aboriginals have uh, their god, which is a sky serpent, a rainbow sky serpent, um, out of their ancient, ancient mythologies. Super interesting stuff here, guys. So the great dragon who stands in Eridog, whose shadow covers heaven and earth, the grove of vines extending over the land, Enki, lord of plenty of the Anuna gods. What are the Anuna gods? The heaven gods. Those are, remember, Anunnaki is those from heaven to earth who came. So very, very important to kind of understand the words here, how they're used, what the play on the words uh, are. This is something I study all day, every day, guys. Um, I've not gone to college or school or anything like that for this. However, I've gone through a lot of scholarly uh, courses on this. I've had a lot of mentors in this, um, and I've been a student of this ever since I was in my teens, literally. I've been reading things like the Book of Enoch, getting into this stuff, trying to understand all of this for a very, very long time. And I don't mean passively. I mean like all the time. Like like I would go to parties when I was in college and like we would thank you guys so much for the gifts, by the way. Already a huge help. Just helps me get to my goal every day. I do this full time. That's how I'm able to study and read, prep artwork, do all of these videos. Uh, for you guys. So thank you. Every tip helps directly. It literally helps me buy groceries. Thank you guys. God bless you. Love and peace. Thank you. Um, so I do study this. That's why, you know, uh, is there an expert online around the ancient uh, Mesopotamian mythologies and this whole ancient astronaut thing? Yeah, there's a lot of experts online. Um, I'm not a self-proclaimed expert other than um, I can certainly hold my own with a lot of people that proclaim to understand this stuff, uh, but have never really actually read the text. And that's what I'm doing today, actually reading this text. That's why I actually have it downloaded. That's why I uh, literally get these things in a notebook so I can highlight, I can dissect them. I literally study this stuff. I just purchased a physical official copy, which was still difficult to find. 
of the Epic of Gilgamesh. You've probably heard of that, but there's a ton of data in that when it comes to understanding all of this stuff. So, um, Riley says links will stay linked when connecting to truth and self-discovery. Amen, my friend. Days the Seeker says Anunnaki and Ra and Thoth, multi-directional extraterrestrials. I think you mean dimensional. Thoth, an avian humanoid. Um, here's the deal, guys. I don't think they were actually like, you know, Thoth has this big, long beak. I don't think he was a bird, dude. I mean, come on. I think Thoth was represented as a bird because he was wise. He probably walked slowly with long legs through the waters, you know, waited just like one of those birds with the long beak, like one of those loons, um, you know, probably came down in a ship and could fly. And that's why he's represented as a bird. There's another Egyptian God that's represented with a falcon head. There's one that's represented as a crocodile. Like we've got to understand these archetypes. People back then, they didn't know how... How are we going to write down? They didn't have story devices like we do today to go. And he came from the water and did dot, dot, dot. Uh, you know, he lived in a ship on the water or came from a spacecraft. They didn't understand that. Uh, they knew how to tie the archetype with the animal they saw on the earth to the God that they experienced or thought they experienced or had legends of experiencing whatever that was. Uh, that's how they tied things together. And the more you study into myths, and legends and, and ancient mythology, you understand that these these story devices of putting a bird head on a god does not mean that that god looked like a bird-headed god. Probably looked more like a human than anything, but they were describing the characteristics of it, maybe the height, maybe the skin quality, maybe uh, the fact that it came from a craft. You know, a lot of these dragon gods, a lot of these uh, sky gods, right? Um the storm gods, you know, why were they storm gods? Because their ships stirred up a whole lot of atmosphere. I'm sure it came down and caused storms. Maybe they even had weather devices on board, right? Uh, and if that sounds too fantasy for you, that's fine. I'm just saying we look at the Bible and our modern culture and we go, okay, that happened. Why is that so far-fetched to believe that there were multiple of these Elohim or these gods, these storm gods that were all over the planet stirring up weather, controlling people, planting their seed. We're going to actually literally see in this how obsessed the gods are with planting their seed into humanity. They literally, That was their, their whole purpose of being here. They were setting up their lines of control on this planet. This planet is a game zone, a planet. It's an overworld that they are literally setting up different lines of succession that are going to have the mindset and the archetypes of the gods that have seeded that line. And if we remember, all of our cultures talk about there are 12 tribes. There's 12 apostles, 12 tribes. We remember, and then Jesus is basically saying, I'm not of any of these. I'm the 13th. Remember the 13th Zodiac symbol? Um, again, how? what's this guy talking about? He's talking about Jesus, and he's talking about Anki and spaceships. Guys, we got to like get real about this. If we're going to believe it and talk about it, and theorize on it like let's get big with it let's get fantasy level let's get like uh let's get spaceships let's get quantum let's get like comic book here and think about maybe just maybe they were documenting what they saw in the best way they could and the only way we can actually conceptualize that now is through science and our understanding in our modern time to go anki was a scientist they called him the great creator 
but he's a scientist because he could make anything on this planet. He's a maker God, not a creator God, right? Now, what does that have to do with the biblical canon? The God of the Old Testament. Well, the God of the Old Testament was very against the serpent. You think it's Satan, but it's not actually Satan. There's literally no connection between Satan and the serpent. The serpent told him the truth. The serpent was the only one that told him the truth. If you actually look at that story and you go, I have no prior conceptions. I don't need this to be one way for my church belief or for my whatever religious belief. By the way, this is not a religious show. This is a completely open-minded. I don't care who you are, where you're from, who you're married to, where you do or don't go to church. Just be nice. Be here in love and light. Be here seeking truth. If you're here for that, you're totally welcome. Um, in fact, all people are welcome here. I love you. I celebrate you. Uh, whether you're Muslim, Jewish, Christian, atheist, uh, Omist, you know, Zoroastrian, uh, straight, gay, lesbian, bi, anything in between. I don't care. Black, brown, blue, yellow, pink, orange, gold. Doesn't matter what your color of your skin is or what alien race you claim or whatever. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I'm going to love you. And I'm going to keep sharing data with you. I'm going to keep digging into these concepts. Uh, and it's for everybody, guys. This should be public knowledge. Bayleaf, thank you so much. Bayleaf says, we love you, dude. Thank you, my friend. French Toast says, laughy face. Good point about the serpent. Yeah, think about the serpent. The serpent's like, you'll be like your God. Well, then we get it into Genesis, and then it just says God. But if you look up the word, it's Elohim, which is plural, means the gods. You know, it, we, we push so hard for monotheism. That was never a thing, really, until we got into Rome. Uh, even the ancient uh, Hebrew people, they were not monotheistic. They had their God, uh, but they they certainly knew about and observed and even at multiple points tried to worship other gods, right? And worship is really just enslavement. They were basically like, whoever will take care of us, like whoever will do something nice for us, we're going to, we'll give you the sacrifices, you know? And that's, if you read a lot of those stories, then you get this God Yahweh getting so mad at them, right? Uh, they'll do what he says. And then he's like, and then he's just immediately mad. You know, he's like this super, like, uh, I consider him like bipolar deity, right? It's like, why, like, why you got to turn your back around, bro? Like, what's the deal? Uh, why all of the struggle for the, these people, right? Uh, and that's the thing. So like, I'm not against any people here at all, but I do question the gods and that's not to offend any people. That's just to be like, you know, like these gods are like, they're in their own war. They're, they have their own interests. They just treat us as pawns and lemmings at a certain point. Like what, what's the problem? And so that's why I get into these myths because these myths, when you hear them, you're like, wait a minute, I've heard that in Genesis. I've heard that in Exodus. I've heard that talked about in the Bible. Like this is so weird. Um, so we've got that. Now let's talk about occur because this is super, super interesting. Occur, E-K-U-R. Occur means mountain house, mountain house, or house that is like a mountain, house that is like a mountain. What do you think looks like a house that is like a mountain? What would, what would, what would that shape be, you know? Um, a place where a God would dwell or maybe where they would make contact at, or maybe even what would come down out of the sky. This is where Enlil would dwell, the house that is like a mountain, the Akur. Um, and Enki is bringing knowledge and magic and wisdom. Yes, Chris, thank you, brother. Chris says a pyramid. Exactly. Chris, uh, you got your knowledge cap on today. I love that, brother. Thank you. So yes, it's a pyramid. 
I personally believe it's the house that's like a mountain. Again, they don't like they don't know. They didn't have a word. It's a pyramid. It's a you know uh, how many sides it has. What is it? One, two, three, four, five sides. Five sides. Uh, if you take the capstone off, then you technically have uh, you know got what six sides on that. So uh, it's going to be a uh, pentazoid, I believe, is what it's called when it's a three-dimensional penta, a five-sided. Um, so that's a pyramid. And, and so house that is like a mountain also can be describing potentially um, a, uh, a ziggurat, a ziggurat, if you've heard of a ziggurat. It's a step pyramid, basically. Uh, a tetrahedron, Riley. Yes, thank you, Riley. I appreciate that. Um, yes, so you've got uh the theory is that these anunnaki let's let's flash back a little bit here you've got a guy named zechariah sitchin now zechariah sitchin uh spent a ton of time um in the middle east studying this stuff you know he was a hebrew scholar um he was digging deep into the torah deep into ancient mesopotamian myths deep into uh the pyramids um, you know, he, he, I believe uncovered a lot. And one of the things that he could not deny that he kept feeling like he was seeing over and over and that was coming up over and over was the fact that these gods always came out of the heavens. And he believed that they were not actual deities, but that they were ancient astronauts or what you would consider extraterrestrial gods, ET gods. Uh, little G, I mean, they're basically, you know, higher, higher minded than us, you know, um, yet they created us and therefore we have kinship with them rather than enslavement under them. And that's the biggest conspiracy of all time. If it's true, right? If it's true, that's the biggest conspiracy of all time. The fact uh, that we've been enslaved under these ancient astronaut gods uh, Troy says the Tower of Babel was an attempt to rebuild the communication dwelling with the gods and extraterrestrials. Exactly. Also, <clears throat> and this is a wild theory, and Zachariah Sitchin kind of talked about this too. A tower, they didn't really know what it like a tower, like, you know, they like how do you describe this without saying that humanity was attempting to build a rocket ship way back then? attempting to build a rocket ship. They all had come together with one language. And what was that one language? I believe it was mathematics, trying to build a rocket ship to get off the planet to ascend into the heavens, right? They were trying, thank you, Bailey. Oh, snap, exactly. Um, so I believe they were trying to escape the planet. And of course, these gods are like, you know, one of them in particular is like, oh, no, you didn't. Mm-mm. You stay in here. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and send you out amongst my other brothers and sisters. Because remember, Yahweh said, you know, uh, you go into your gods, you know, and he spread out all these different tribes of the earth amongst their tribal gods. Didn't say amongst their tribal imaginations or amongst their ideas. It was amongst their gods. Like, I mean, it's like a this is a documentation of what allegedly happened. And at a certain point, if we're going to sit in church or have these modern, you know, belief systems and think, you know, well, God did this. Well, we need to ask which God did that. And we need to stop thinking that there's only one. And we need to maybe start thinking that they were physical. Because if we're going to believe all these things and all these things happen, it's like, how did Moses meet face to face with Yahweh? Because it says that he stood at the door of the tent with him as a man, as a friend meets another friend 
face to face. The Bible literally says that. Jesus later on says, no man has seen God at any time. No one has seen God at any time. God is spirit. He's literally telling them, dude, that wasn't God. Okay. Might've been, might've been your God, might've been a God, but it's not the source. It's not the father source. Right. And so it's a total different, total different ideology. And that's really what I want to help people start to do is just deconstruct the ideas here. Deconstruction is not destruction, by the way. Uh, we're not hating on the church over here. I'm not hating on religion at all, at all. I love I love your tradition. Um, I'm going to go to church with my family on Christmas. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to connect with the divine. I'm going to sing some songs. I'm going to get in a high frequency. I'm going to go out and bless people. Probably go give a homeless person a, a hot cup of soup or something afterwards. Like, you know, whatever I can do, like whatever I'm called to do in that frequency, I'm going to do it, right? Um, so why is that bad? Like, why can't I have both? And that's what I don't understand why people, you know, they'll come across my channel and, oh, doctrine of demons, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, really, is it, you know, or is it um, if you're still enslaved under something you don't understand? Uh, and so that's my biggest question. What's up, Molly? How are you doing, my friend? Mark Wolf says the Tower of Babel. Also, it is a thought that the smaller brown star causes mass destruction of the solar system and the dragon pulling up to multiple planets with it. Yeah, uh, like Nibiru, I heard, heard a, a really interesting thought about this the other day. So Nibiru or Nibiru is allegedly the planet. It's the realm that these gods are from, the, the way these ancient mythologies uh, talk about it. It's kind of like home base for the gods. It's actually the, the city of the gods or the dwelling of the gods. Uh, and so Zacharias Sitchin clearly marked that as, okay, another planet. Uh, he thought it was in our solar system. I don't see that we have any proof of that. I know we kind of like hint all the time. Scientists are looking, maybe, maybe there's something. Is there one like way out in the, you know, or is there one on like an elliptical orbit we can't see because it's behind a bunch of stuff? Like, so I don't know. I don't have a telescope that powerful. Um, so I can't tell you, I can't corroborate that idea. Uh, but for me, you know, I'm open to the possibility. Maybe there is another planet called Nibiru uh, that crosses streams with our solar system at some point um, in some form or fashion, or maybe it was destroyed long ago. And that's what the Kuiper belt is now. Uh, you hear about the battle of the great old gods, Tiamat going to war with the other gods. And really that's about the destruction of the planet Tiamat that actually formed earth and gave earth the gold that it has. That's what Zacharias Sitchin theorized. Yeah, the 12th planet, absolutely. Uh, with a 25,000 year orbit, yes. Uh, and in fact, the 12th planet book by Zacharias Sitchin I'm reading right now, it's fantastic. If you like scholarly stuff, um, it's not as exciting as the Lost Book of Enki as far as like a story. This is more of like dates, times, places, when things were found, um, and then really tying these different gods together. Like this god is this god's archetype. He he ties, you know, Enlil uh, to the different gods of the Bible and stuff like that and kind of shows a lot of those archetypes so we can go, oh, okay, that's where that came from. Really interesting stuff, so... What if Nibiru is the Mandela effect dimensional shift? Schrodinger's cat planet. Dude, that's a pretty good. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and a lot of people have called that the great red dragon too. Like the fact that it's on this orbit and maybe is pulling a red dust trail or a red tail with it. You know, the great dragon. Really interesting. So 
Uh, yes, awesome. Molly says, I'm also listening to that now. It is really pulling a lot together for me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it is for me too. And I have to keep going back. I have used the little uh, 15, 30 second, you know, rewind button on my Apple books more on the 12th planet than any other book. Cause I'm like, all right, what did he say again? Like, I got to get that right. Like, you know, just kind of keep rewinding it and like really trying to get this into my head so that I understand it. Uh, cause I read a lot and I look at a lot of stuff, but he really ties it together in a great way. So, uh, Kenny, what's up brother? Hype to hop on this live with instant Facebook. Watched yesterday's episode on YouTube a bit of a go, ready to dive in. Kenny, thank you, my friend, for being here. Chris Gorman said, or let's see, Tommy says, what's up, Tommy? I just now saw your comment. Uh, that God also told Mo told Moses to have the Israelites go outside the camp and dig a hole and cover there uh, because he moves in and around the camp. Was he stepping in it? Mm-hmm. Somebody was. Somebody was. Absolutely. Um, you know, and it's easy for us now. We go, well, that was because God loved them and he didn't want them to get sick. And he was just teaching them hygiene. And that's what all the dietary law was for. And blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I mean, especially if we're going to look at like, if you're going to take some of it literally, maybe we should look at all of it literally, or at least potentially have the potentiality for maybe literally. That's why I look at things back and forth all the time. I look at it as myth and legend. And I look at it as how could this have happened? And the way I look at it is how could this have happened? I always have to bring ancient astronaut theory into it because it's the only theory that actually gives potential credence to these things happening. Uh, and so that's why I really like that theory. And it, it's a lot of fun to play with too and really gives you a different perspective on things. Uh, yeah, uh, interesting idea, Mark Wolf. You know, you got Pluto... It's a planet. It's not a planet. It's a planet. It's not a planet. You know, I grew up with Pluto as a planet. I love Pluto. Okay. Pluto for life, baby. That's what, like, I miss Pluto. I learned about Pluto in school. Um, and then I, you know, of course I'm a big Disney fan. You know, I got like Pluto, the dog. And then they take it away from me, man. They take it away from me. Like, why do they have to do that? And I get why, you know, it's like this, it's a size thing, right? It's always, always has to do with that. Is it a planet? Is it not a planet? I don't know. Pluto for me, super interesting. You know, it's there. It's a thing, right? It's it's certainly spherical. It's not just like a lump of rock. It looks like a either a formed or an underformed planet or potentially an outpost, maybe a last stop, you know, like the last gas station on the left kind of thing for interstellar travel. I don't know. I don't know, but it's really interesting. So yeah, we get into astral theology with this too. Uh, Kenny says Pluto for life blast. Yes. Yes. My friend. Um, okay. I'm going to dive headfirst into this. I think I've given enough context, uh, contexture contextualizing here. I'm going to make up words today. Cause it, it feels like Friday, even though it's Thursday. Um, Troy Bell says, I love what you do, uh, and challenging what is taught compared to what is actually written. Amen, brother. Amen. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the recognition. I really do. Thank you very much for that. Um, da, 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 da. Troy says even several Christian scholars are looking closer to the council of L and the plurality of Elohim. Finally, finally, absolutely. You know, who actually turned me on to that was the late, great uh, Dr. Michael Heiser. 
love his book, um, Reversing Herman. I don't agree with all the theories in it. I think that what Jesus did was for a different reason. If if it happened, I think that there's also that flip side of the narrative. We've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John written like hundreds of years after the time of Jesus. Then you got things like Gospel of Thomas written within like 50, 60 years of the time of Jesus. Yet that one was pushed out as heretical, literally burned, literally hidden away. Luckily, some manuscripts got buried in the desert only to be found in 19, in the 40s um, in the Nag Hammadi Desert. And thank God we have a copy of the Gospel of Thomas because it doesn't talk about the crucifixion. It doesn't talk about an ascension or a resurrection or any of that. It just talks about a guy who's teaching a lot of metaphysics, a lot of uh, data, and it's a sayings gospel. It's just him saying the kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of God is like that. That You are this. You are that. I am this. I am that. Like, um, And then people you know, want to argue about all the dogma of the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. And so for me, um, I'm, I'm undecided on that. And, and not in a rude way, uh, but I'm in a like... Why is that only present in these documents that were really Romanized and taken, you know, and then you get the Council of Nicaea, like, you know, just a few years later, you know, uh, I think it was in like 300 and something, uh, 360 or something like that, or 365. I'll have to look up exactly when it was. Uh, but the Council of Nicaea, you know, is when they pulled together essentially the canon and said, this, not that, this, not that, you know, and so... And then you have another one done later. And like, so it's, it just makes me question like, what was really the narrative? Because there's a huge effort to make sure that Jesus sounds like the son of this Yahweh from the Old Testament and the fulfillment of all the messianic prophecies, rather than what he really presents himself as in the Gnostic gospels, which is uh, a rebel mystic, you know, I mean, that's just how, that's how I get it. But the one thing I do learn from Jesus is this honor for a higher deity, uh, not a specific idea of it. Oh, it. It created this. It did this. It did that. But the idea of a father in spirit and in truth. Like, how how do you know it's God? Because it tells you the truth inside you. Not the truth according to the Bible. Not the truth according to someone else. But the truth according to you know it because it resonates. Like, you can look at something you're doing in your life. Even though you feel good about it. You're like, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I like I like how I dot, dot, dot. But then you like you have this weird truth about it. It's like this little pit in your stomach, this little gut feeling. And you're like, I know I'm lying to myself here. Like, I know that ain't true. I know that's not spirit in me. That's something in me that I've created or someone else has created. And I've operated on good feelings around it because I've programmed myself that way. And it's like literally that small place in us that if you magnify it within the high frequency, it takes you over and you cease to be you and you become it. Therefore, you can say, I am God and God is me. You have gnosis or Christ realization. Doesn't mean, oh, I'm bigger than Jesus today. No, it just means like, I get it. Like I am one with God. Like I can, I can have direct contact with the divine source within me. I don't have to go through anything else. There's no door anywhere else other than within me. Jesus' prayer, when translated directly from Aramaic, reads much different than it does in most Bibles. Absolutely. I'm going to do a whole episode on that, by the way. Probably we get closer to Christmas. I'm going to drop a ton of Bible stuff around Christmas, not to be religious, not to poke at anyone, 
but like we got to talk about it right we got to talk about it and we're going to do a lot of yule stuff um and i got a ton of content now that i have this document with this is anki in the world order and i'm going to drop it up here for you guys just so you know so i'm going to start reading it and get into it so now we know anki is already put in the archetype of being this you know this dragon um he's put in an archetype of being a tree planted in the abzu what is the abzu it's the water um remember the whole atlantis thing that you've heard about the whole myth of atlantis um the god of atlantis would have been anki you know he was the the he built his city in the water like in the rings of the water that would have been atlantis according to any of our thank you so much t for the the gifts i really appreciate you guys y'all are awesome haven't even asked for gifts today and y'all are just dropping them like they're hot thank you so much um so you got a tree archetype here with what is an archetype by the way in case you guys don't know and i'm not assuming anyone is ignorant here uh, i just want to put it out there because i try to be as educational as possible here an archetype is something that is like something so um uh, i'm a what am i i am an entertainer archetype i am a teacher archetype i'm a goofball archetype um anki is a tree archetype uh from him many branches come out from him many vines are sprung forth do you guys understand how literally like jesus this sounds like do you understand how you know i am the vine and you are the branches uh, you talk about the tree and looking for the roots and the fruit of it. Um, you know, there's literally one Gnostic gospel where Jesus says he is the serpent in the garden and that he brought knowledge. Like, I don't understand how we've missed this, or I guess it's just been covered up. I don't know. Um, I'm not trying to, to cause any conspiracy theorists to come out of the woodwork here. That's not my MO on this program. My goal is to get you to think more. And I had somebody comment earlier uh, and they're like, oh, you should check out this person, the holy blah, blah, blah. And it's like some cult leader channel somebody was telling me to look at is what it looked like to me. I don't know. Uh, and they're like, they have the answers you're looking for. And I'm like, I didn't know I asked a question, you know, uh, and I explained to them and I'll tell you guys a secret. This is for everybody here. I know more than I let on. Okay. I'm not patting myself off on the back trying to build myself up. I'm just telling you, I teach by asking questions. When I have an idea that I want to share, I don't come out and say, I discovered this and I'm right. And you've been lied to. I just don't say that guys. Cause a it's rude. B it's not good entertainment and C that's not, that's not my style. The only way people learn, what is that, that, that old story, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. But you can ask the, the horse over and over if they're thirsty and they might go find water on their own. That's the whole point. Ask better questions. You guys discover something. You're like, oh, this is wild. You go to your mom, your dad, your friends, your husband, your wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Look at this. I found this. They're like, no, you've been deceived. How do you avoid that? You ask them questions. You don't go, hey, look at what I found. You go, hey, so if this then why this get them to explain it and then they can't really explain it and then they're like well i don't you know oh, we just need to trust that the, you go okay well that that's interesting but then why okay so that jesus is this well then why is anki this well that's not real that's just a myth oh well yeah but it actually came like thousands of years before why would it have the same language as like i don't understand 
So you ask questions, right? And that's what I do through my videos. I'm not here to push dogma on anyone. In fact, I don't even want you to come to the same conclusions I do. I give my conclusion up front in every video. Is this possibly this? Well, according to dot, 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 it is or it isn't. And then I share with you guys questions and data to get you to dig deeper on your own. If you don't dig deeper after one of my videos, sorry, my chair, my uh, my little arms on my chair move. So um, that can be really annoying when you like lean on it. Um, but anyway, yeah, sorry. Um, maybe I'll get a new chair. Maybe Santa Claus will bring me a new chair for Christmas. But um, so it's really, really important to ask questions. And I mean, don't just ask questions in order to be an annoying person. Question, question, question. I mean, like, you know, uh, if you want to make a point, ask a bunch of questions to get that person to maybe answer the question on their own. And that's the best way I've ever been able to teach myself or others, because everything I've learned has come from a question. And that's why I teach that way. So what do I think of Atlantis, of the Atlanteans, too? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that was Anki's people. And we're going to see that. Um ask the wrong questions, get the wrong answers. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to ask the right questions. Normally it's the wrong question. If it's a little question, bigger questions are always better. Uh, you can ask the same question. Everybody does. Why are we here? Or you can ask who put us here. Um, and then if you ask who put us here and somebody says, well, why did someone have to put us here? You know, it's just evolution. Interesting. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Totally respect that. So what about the kinks in our DNA? What about the, the editing and like the major jump in evolution, like overnight within a couple of thousand years? Like what, like what, what's the deal with that? And so if you ask those questions, those are better questions because they give you leverage to keep a conversation going. And that's super important when it comes to, you know, digging for truth in anything, in any story, whether it's a story you tell yourself, a story you're reading from antiquity, or a story someone else is telling you. So we're going to go down. This is Anki starts this out. I'm going to show you guys how this ties exactly into manifesting. This will blow your mind because it blew my mind, guys. I was reading this today and I'm like, what? Like this dude is the, the, the most egotistical I've ever heard. Yet it sounds very similar to God in the Old Testament, but Enlil, and we've seen Enlil has a bunch of stuff similar to this. These gods were, were obsessed with self-talk. And, and here's the deal. You get out of the shower in the morning, you look in the mirror, what do you tell yourself? I'm going to tell you what you tell yourself. Probably 90% of the people watching this tell themselves, oh, I don't want to look at that. Okay. You need to start looking in the mirror and going, yeah. Yeah, you're a beautiful person. You're a good-looking person. You got you got a lot of value. You're a successful person. You have value for other people. You have value for yourself. The fact that you're on this planet, this planet is better off for having you on it. And you need to look in the mirror and tell yourself that. Because that's one of the secrets to why people are so successful and you aren't. And why these gods were so successful and they ran literally millions of people under them, serving them barbecue every night, okay? 
Uh, I'm not telling you to exploit it like they did, but I'm going to give you a key. T says a key to the door. Absolutely. I'm going to give you guys a key. It's right here. And it's how these gods talk about themselves. It's how Enki talks about himself. Now that we've established if he was real, most likely probably came down in a spaceship, did some terraforming, some genetic modification. He's making some humans, humans using a monkey or some hominid that was here. By the way, according to the myths, it took them like three, four, five, six, seven different tries to get it right. In fact, some of the myths say that it took them thousands of years. They were here for a long time trying to get this right, according to the myths. Uh, and so, you know, he's working on splicing. And then he finally, like they get the archetype, the human that it can talk, it can walk, it can hold tools. It can think, it can grow, and it has intelligence enough to learn and grow and basically be an AI, like where it learns and it grows and it does what it's supposed to, and it innovates on its own, but also takes orders and understands that like, hey, you're not a god, you know, you you, you serve us. That was Adapa or Adam, okay? That's why these gods are obsessed with their lineages. It's not just them, it's can they control the lineage? Then you get where the fallen angels in the book of Enoch, they fall, the angels fall. They decided to take human wives and husbands, most likely. Um, so clearly you have angels that are biologically breeding. That doesn't sound like some spiritual winged creature. This is like a literal flesh and blood union creating more families on the earth. This is what spurned the flood. By the way, it spurned the flood in the book of Enoch. It spurned the flood in the Bible. Spurned the flood in all of the ancient Anunnaki mythologies. Uh, this is, it's all over the world, guys. It's, this is like the one of the deepest core things we have in myths is a global flood. Or what Graham Hancock and others refer to as a younger Dryas. This kind of cataclysmic world events uh, where a lot of the ice caps broke apart and did a lot of flooding and carved out a lot of canyons and all kinds of stuff. So lots of theories around that, you know, and I'm not trying to sit here and, uh, you know, pretend like I understand the science of it. Go, go read a science book. Don't trust me on that. Uh, but I do think it's interesting when you start to look at what the myths say, and then you start to look more into what the planet actually looks like and go, Oh yeah, that, that could have happened because of that. So, Here we go. This is interesting. When Father Anki goes forth to the people, good seed will come forth. Again, immediately, he's saying, when I, when I co-create with people, when I procreate with people, because I cut a word out that I can't say on here. But he's basically saying, when he procreates, good seed comes forth. When Ninamud goes forth, to the good pregnant ewes, good lambs will be born. When he goes forth to the cows, good calves will be born. When he goes forth to the good pregnant goats, good uh, goats will be born. If you go forth to the cultivated fields, the good germinating fields, stockpiles and stacks can be accumulated on the high plain. If you go forth to the parched areas of the land, and then we have lines missing. Remember, these are written in clay, so a lot of pieces missing. Enki, the king of the Abzu, 
Abzu again being the, the water world here, probably Atlantis or some sort of coastal city, if you will. I am the good seed. And it doesn't say seed. It says the biological term for the male seed. Begotten by a wild bull. I am the firstborn of On. I am the firstborn of On. Uh, my wife just got home. Always. The timing's always perfect. So, uh, I am the firstborn of On. What does that sound like again? I am the good seed. I am the firstborn of On, which is God. Anu. By the way, as a king, King Anu, he never really came down to earth a whole lot. Uh, he mainly stayed on, in, in the realm of the gods or the city of the gods, which would be Nibiru. Um, and that's where you get this idea, especially in the Old Testament biblical canon, of a most high god or El Elyon. Okay? El Elyon was not a spiritual entity like you've been told. Okay, El Elyon was a specific god that people could make contact with and even some had gone up you know like melchizedek was of the order of el elion okay it's like the higher order basically saying oh yeah you serve anki and enlil i serve their dad like you know i'm i, I serve their papa you know i'm i'm friends with the ceo basically is what they're saying and so that's like the order of melchizedek there um because there's like higher secrets involved. T, thank you so much for the lightnings. I really appreciate you guys. Y'all are crushing my goal today. Thank you guys. Um, and you can also drop, um, if you can select, it's five cents a piece, I believe. The little alien dudes are super cool. When I meet those goals, um, I have like, yeah, it says I have three hours, but I'm not going to be on that long. Uh, the little alien dudes, um, a thousand of those, you know, that's my goal for the day. So, uh, anybody that wants to help towards that, anybody that wants to, I got a thousand star goal on Facebook. Um, and then the same goal, a thousand uh, super chats or supers. Uh, thanks. Uh, those work a little different. You can do, you know, whatever you want to do on that. Uh, so if I can get, you know, a handful of those, whatever you guys want to do over on uh, YouTube, that all that helps the algorithms and tells them, hey, you're doing a good job. Really helps pump up what I'm doing. So, um, this is, uh, you know, Inky basically saying that, uh, I make everything grow. I make everything abundant. Enki, the king of the Absu, justly praises himself in his majesty. My father, the king of heaven and earth made me famous in heaven and earth. So again, he's talking about his father here. Uh, and it, and they don't ever talk about Anu as like a spiritual entity. Anu's like dad, like he's a sky dad. Um, then you get Jesus in the biblical canon and I've got another video I'm going to do. Like, what are the similarities between Jesus and Enki? Cause there's a lot. Um, and I don't know if at some point King Anu had passed, like had ascended so much and passed away and became a spiritual entity. And that's why Jesus was referring to him as spirit at that point. But then he says, no man has stood before God at any point. So I think there's a lot of mixed myths within the text um, of what Jesus is talking about in the biblical canon. Because if you spin back to the Gnostic texts, he's not really talking about, like, he's not making these connections to, like, the Anunnaki like he does in the biblical canon. And that's just my theory, but it's super weird how close this is. And it makes me wonder if a lot of the messianic prophecies 
were built on the archetype of Lord Enki and his return rather than, you know, what actually happened. And, and Jesus, they're basically saying, oh, you've got to be the Messiah, right? You can do all this stuff. And Jesus is like, I've just been meditating. I just have met the spirit source within me. Like, I don't understand what y'all are talking about. Like, uh, all of this comes from my father and nobody's met him because he's in here. Um, so I don't know. That's just like my theory. Uh, again, I'm, I'm getting deeper into that and I, I promise I'll share more as I learn. I read a bunch of the canonical gospels last night, uh, specifically John and specifically John five, very interesting set of verses. I'm going to do a video on that as well. Um, but that, you know, is super interesting. So my elder brother, the king of the lands, gathered up all the divine powers and placed them in my hand. So he's saying, and Lil gave him power, right? I brought the arts and crafts from the occur, which is from the mountain house or the pyramid, the house of Enlil, to the Abzu, to Iridug. I am the good seed begotten by a wild bull. I am the firstborn of on. I am the great storm rising over the great earth. I am the great Lord of the land. I am the principal among all rulers, the father of all the foreign lands. I am the big brother of the gods. I bring prosperity to perfection. I mean, this very much sounds like there are no other gods before me. Like I am the big brother of them. I bring prosperity and perfection. I am the principal among all rulers. That line is literally in the Bible right there. Uh, do you guys get how much of a potential conspiracy this is the fact that this ancient text you have literal lines that are now in the bible that people go to church and claim every day my god is this they don't even know the name of that god like they don't even understand where it came from and what myth it came from that to me is a huge problem no disrespect against anyone i'm just saying why have we not like why have we not put that together uh, Bradley says fire info, bro. Thank you, man. Thank you. That's the whole goal here. I want to bring more data to the people. I can't tell you what's right. What's wrong. Yes. No. I can just say, here's what I think and believe. Do your own research. Here's the text. Uh, I think it's important. So if you guys love that, like I said, I teach by asking questions on the short videos, teach a lot more direct here. And then I teach super direct and I drop some fire on our zoom calls every single Saturday. You can join those. It's only seven bucks a month. You get access to my community off platform. It's over on my website. You don't have to be on social media for it. It's all on my website. I've got meetups on the weekends there. They also have a book club going on on Wednesday nights. And then you also get bonus videos over there. I dropped a bonus video last night. Going to drop one today uh, where I get deeper and I'm a lot more uh, open about what I can say on there because I don't have to hit an algorithm and entertain people and Make sure it goes out to all the people it can and all that. I can just say, hey, you've been watching these videos. Okay, here's more info on it. Here's more data. Here's more of my thoughts on it. So if you guys love what I'm doing, it's literally seven bucks a month, guys. It's cheaper than a dang cup of coffee. I spent, what did I spend? I spent like $22, I think, for two cups of coffee the other day for my wife and I. Because she had to have the whole mocha drizzle with the peppermint syrup and all this stuff. And that's fine. I don't have an issue with it. I mean, it's it's wild, right? Like, I mean, we live, like, that's really the world we live in now. But I'm just saying this is seven bucks a month. And you like the fire I bring here? I'll drop a lot of fire in there. You get to meet me, work with me personally, 
uh, in a group setting there every single week on the Zoom calls. I'm not there to be your guru, but I do bring a message every week. And then we get to go around the room and hear what everybody's going through. You don't have to turn your camera on if you don't want to. If you're shy, if you can't make it on Saturdays, there's a whole archive where you can watch everything uh, from Saturdays, from, from my messages on Saturdays and just get the straight data, like my straight fire every Saturday there. So a lot of people love uh, what I've got going on over there. Massively positive review. Um, like I said, cancel anytime if you don't love it. Um, and if you do join today, I'll personally welcome you over there today. Uh, I'll even make you a welcome video if you join today. So thank you so much for your support with that. Uh, and I really appreciate you guys. Danny, thank you so much. Danny says $7 per month for Christmas for myself. Uh, I'll do it to the end of this month till I catch Christmas content. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, man. You can also, I'll give you two months free if you buy a whole year. You can click that button too. It's right next to it. So for 70 bucks for the whole year, you can just buy yourself a full year, throw it on your credit card. You don't have to worry about a month to month thing and you get two months free. So anyway, thank you guys so much. I appreciate the support on that and I look forward to meeting you. So grab it while you can. I really, really appreciate that. I am going to close memberships down towards the end of the year and take a bit of a break before we get into the new year. So if you want in, do it now. Don't miss out because they will not be on the website. You will not be able to access a link. Even in my old videos, those links won't work. If you want in now, I will be closing registration down more towards the end of this year. So get on it. Uh, you can scan the QR code or you can go to cubkuker.com, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. Um, let me grab that link for you. Here are the links. I'm just going to drop them. You can go to my main website um, or you can hit uh, those specific links there. So my main website, you can look at everything there. Um, and then you can do the Mythos Insider membership or the Charisma one. Uh, and you can look at the value you get with each of them. The Charisma one, you get access to my academy with 500 plus video trainings in there, hundreds of hours. It's over 100 hours of content already in there. And I add stuff to it all the time. So uh, it just depends on how deep you want to go. The rabbit hole goes deep and I promise you'll enjoy it. So thank you guys. Uh, Danny says, going to do it now, Cub. Danny, look forward to meeting you, my friend. Thank you for all your support here all the time. So we talked about Akur. We talked about um, Anki pumping himself up, right? Um, and I'm going to talk about how this ties into your manifesting because this is probably one of the biggest secrets I've discovered. It says, after the Lord had proclaimed his greatness and the great prince, uh, da, 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 the Anuna God stood there in prayer and supplication. Praise be to Anki, the much praised Lord who controls all the arts and crafts and who takes decisions. It says takes, not makes. He takes decisions. It's very, very interesting there. It's almost like he's taking control of those decisions. In a state of a high delight, in a state of high delight, Enki, the king of the Abzu, again justly praises himself in his majesty. I am the Lord. I am one whose word is reliable. I am one who's, who excels in everything. Guys, I'm going to drop this in the comments for you because you need to adopt this ideology here. We all do. We all do. I'm going to throw it on the screen right now. This is verse 86 through 88. In a state of high delight, Enki, the king of Abzu, again justly praises himself in majesty. I am the Lord. 
I am one whose word is reliable. I am one who excels in everything. We know he's like physical here because you're going to see later in these other myths, he finds a wife for himself. Um, he's spreading his seed, making more people. Like, I mean, th these are like literal descriptions, okay? Uh, he was clearly believed to be flesh and blood, or at least believed to be. Um, and if if that's not the case, then, then maybe this is, just is a myth. And then we got a whole lot of other problems, right, with our biblical canon and stuff. Uh, so we might want to start asking those questions. But if this actually happened, I have to believe that he was he was a human or, or man that came down from the sky with a lot of evolved technology uh, and started creating. And he knew he had power. He was confident in himself. And you can call him, you know, you can call him cocky. You can call him egotistical, whatever you want. But I want to talk about this today. If you can't say this about yourself, how will anyone else say this? Now, there's a problem where you just go around and you've never lifted in your life or you've never run a marathon. And you're like, I am the best marathon runner. And you're sitting eating Twinkies on the couch. Okay, you're delusional. Okay, you're not manifesting. You're not reprogramming. You're delusional. Um, so get off the couch, quit eating Twinkies and start training and telling yourself. I am the greatest runner of all time. Uh, I am going to win this 5K that I run. I am going to dot, dot, dot. Like you have to program yourself. And what's the key here? In a state of high delight, okay? It says in a state of high delight. The king of the Abzu justly praises himself. So if you find that you've done some things well, so here, here's, here's what this looks like. Yeah, Danny, cubcooker.com, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, man. Um, if you, so for me, how would I do this for me? And this is hard for me, by the way. Like this, this is not easy. Like, um, you know, I, if you ask my wife, you know, I'm egotistical. Uh, but if you really get down to it with me, like I try to be pretty humble and like somebody will praise me and I'm like, oh, thanks. I, I just do what I do, you know. But here's what this would look like. And high delight, I would say, I'm a fantastic storyteller. I have a charismatic personality. I am literally one of the best spiritual content creators on the internet. I am one of the fastest growing spiritual content creators on the internet. In 2022, my podcast was in the top 10 on Spotify in up and coming spirituality podcasts. That's a huge niche, by the way, huge niche in the spirituality. So to make it into top 10, that's huge that I can say that. That is a justified, warranted, deserved, and worthy statement that I can continue to build myself up. I believe this year I'm going to be in the top. I believe I could even be number one podcast this year in 2023. The results haven't come out yet. I should know in December. I'll be letting you guys know once Spotify sends out all the results. Um, I'm in the running every year with that. Um I've put out more content this year than any other supernatural spiritual content creator on the interwebs. And I do believe that, guys. I was doing two podcasts a day there for a while. I just couldn't keep that up. I'm doing one a day now. It's fire. And I'm dropping a ton of videos and other content. I'm doing blog content now, tweet type content, photos, uh, more of my artwork out there, more quotes for you guys to remember. Okay, I'm dumping so much content on the internet. It's not spammy at all. It's well-crafted, high-quality content. 
people love my work, love me or hate me, you're going to know me. Okay. That's what I can say. And you can do the same thing. And, and it's going to be around you. You don't have to take mine. Yours can be like, where was Melissa? I saw Melissa in here earlier. Is Melissa still in here? Honeybee? Yeah. Uh, Honeybee says, join the community. Saturday meetups are awesome. Honeybee, yours could be like, I am literally one of the best tarot card readers in the world. I am tapped in to my divine mother. I have a frequency that is high and sensitive to others' energies. I'm able to accurately share with people the things that they need to hear. I am growing my business. It is successful and budding, and I am getting to live my dreams more and more every day. Okay. Do you see how that works in a, in a state of high delight, high frequency? You got to turn that frequency up. Okay. Getting a high vibe doesn't mean you go around going, what's up, dude? What's up? Like, oh yeah, life's good. We're all divine and spiritual. That doesn't mean that guys. Okay. What does it mean? What is high frequency? It's when you feel it, you're buzzing, like you're vibrating all the time. You're on this natural high. You're like in this, you like, you love life. You're like, oh, man, cub, I got problems. Guys, I promise you I've had some problems this week. I promise you I've had some problems last week. But I can still show up here and I know how to get myself into a high frequency so that I can vibrate light out into the universe and attract the right people that need to be in our community, that need this energy in their life every day and want what I'm dropping every single day, okay? That's what I do. And that that resonance creates this entire ecosystem that we're doing. What's up, Donna? How are you doing, my friend? So the secret to this, and I believe a huge secret to this whole Anunnaki prosperity code is the idea that they praise themselves. They're clearly, you know, in the myths, some sort of humanoid God, right? That they're interbreeding with humanity. They're building kingdoms. And Lil says that what he builds will last for all time. They also have these tablets that decree the fates of humanity and the gods. They're called me tablets. We're going to do a whole episode on that. I've got an iPad right here. You probably have one at home or some sort of smart tablet. That is something you can transform into a me tablet. And I'm going to do a whole episode on that. How can you decree the fate? How can you program your destiny using a smartphone? using a tablet, using your computer, using the internet, okay? Is it doom scrolling or is it interacting and consciously co-creating with others to craft the reality that you desire to say, I am the greatest dot, 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 and believe it and know it and live it and sell it to other people and show up and fulfill it. I don't just say that. In fact, you guys have probably rarely heard me say what I just said, but I show up and show you that that's true and then I'm able to say it. And clearly we see that Anki in the myth did what he said he was going to do. He caused waters in the desert. He grew, he grew all these plants. His seed was good seed. He was creating. Uh, Chris, thank you, brother. I'll welcome you over there in a little bit. I'd love to know more about you. You can also drop a short video in there introducing yourself. And I'll get over there and say hi here in just a minute. So thank you. Thank you. Um, anyway, I, I hope this helps, guys. Um, because this this might be one of the most important things to manifesting. I really, really think it is. If we're children of the gods, like if you believe all the stories, <clears throat> if we're their children, then why are we not acting like them? Okay, doesn't mean you're walking around going, you know, you get a judgment, you get a judgment. No, I'm saying like, why are we not acting like it? Ye are gods and the scriptures cannot be broken. Why don't we claim our sovereignty as children of the gods 
and start claiming that authority. And maybe we can fix the sins of our fathers and do it out of love and light rather than I'm going to create a civilization of people to serve me and then I'm going to flood them out when I don't like them. Uh, Joe, what's up, brother? How are you doing, Joe? Thank you for being here, man. Joe's a part of our community. Honeybee's a part of our community. Uh, we got Chris is new to the community today. Thank you, Chris. We've got um, who else was on? I know there's a bunch of people earlier. We got Molly on today. Uh, Tommy, what's up, brother? How are you doing? Thank you guys, everybody that's already in the community supporting me on the live today. Um, and just thank you guys for all the gifts and the love and everything you guys do to perpetuate this message. Uh, I can't, I'm not a guru. I can't tell you I know anything better than anybody else does, but I promise you, I will bring you guys better data all the time and I will ask better questions all the time. So I love you. I hope this episode has just really like lit a fire in you. If you want my free Anunnaki guide, you can scan that code. Uh, you can still get that right now. Uh, that is getting worked into a for sale product. So if you want that for free, get it now. That's going to give you a bunch of the myths, including the one I talked about today, I believe is in there. Uh, so you want to get that downloaded. Um, it'll give you a bunch of the myths. I tie together some different archetypes and give a lot more information if you want kind of a crash course in just a couple of pages on who the Anunnaki were, what the myths are, a little bit of how it ties into the Bible. And then I think there's nine core myths in there that I put there. Um, one of them, Epic of Atrahasis. Um, you've got the one that we just shared today, Anki in the World Order, uh, the Enuma Elish, a bunch of stuff that's just really, really vital um, to, to trying to understand all of this because there's two different worlds here, guys. There's in the service of the gods, um, which is like, why are we serving ourselves or, you know, the ones that created us? And then there's spirituality. You have all these ascended masters that we're talking about spiritual forces. And even in this, one of the key things to this is Enki is pumping himself up, but he also goes on later to give praise to his father, Anu. And he says that, that everything he does is coming from Anu and that he praises Anu for putting everything in his hands and creating and giving him life and like, you know, all of this stuff and saying that he's the true born, all of this stuff, very similar to like what Jesus said, right? Um, and so I'm a big believer in that too. And I don't want you guys to ever misconstrue me. I talk on here and I'm all about self-positivity. I'm all about God within you. But I'm also about the flow and giving way and saying, Father and Spirit, what do you want for me? What's the highest good in this situation? You're in and through all things. What's the right vibration for this? And giving that alms and that credence to like, there is a higher being than me. Um, I may be that being, but right now I'm very limited in my perspective of things and I'm filtered through this individual experience here. Um, and even if you consider God your higher self, you can still give honor and praise to your higher self, right? Uh, to something that is not outside of you, but within you, but also in some way um, operates independently of you. And so I think that that's really important too. And I, I really rediscovered that last night. Um, and it led me into a good place today of just stopping and asking, just stopping and saying, hey, you know, Father, uh, Spirit, Truth, Source, the All, whatever you want to call it, Universe, Higher Self. Um, I want help. I'm asking for guidance. I'm asking for direction. I'm asking for help. I'm asking for opportunities. Just by agreeing and asking, even if it's just your higher self, whatever you want to consider it, 
is an opportunity to kind of put your ego aside and open up to the possibility that you may not even know you want or need. And it's really a beautiful uh, exercise in kind of the yoga of the mind. Um, and I did want to make sure um, before I end this today, your ego is a tool. I talked about this yesterday. You're, I promised I would do this before I'm done. Your ego is a tool and it's it's meant to be programmed like an avatar. So I just worked on programming my ego today. What is my ego? My ego understands it's good at these things. It's going to magnify that. It's going to be in that high vibration of that. But it also is going to know when to sit down, cross its legs, take a breath and give in to the all. Give in to this, this higher experience of life, this God, this source, this quantum, whatever you want to call it. It's something that I believe is very intelligent very intelligent. In fact, way more intelligent than me. In fact, it's where my intelligence comes from. My intelligence is just operating through this little quantum computer here. Uh, but it really is. It's like the internet, right? It's like, why worship the computer when you can, uh, you know, channel the internet and have access to all of this stuff? That's how I see God, right? And so there's, there's kind of this interesting dance in this yoga. And it is um, you know, Jesus says, when you make the two into one, he's talking about divine feminine and divine masculine. When you make the two into one, that's when you understand, that's when you, you become what you're fully supposed to be. And so for me, for me guys, that's what I have to do because there's, there's days, my ego absolutely needs to take a step forward and say enough. I do not stand for this. I am worthy of this. I am one with God. And uh, I command my authority over my life. And then there's days when you need to sit down, relax, channel into the divine feminine and say, Father, Mother, Universe, Self, whatever you consider it. I need help. I need answers. Show me. Guide me. Create whatever needs to be created to guide me. It's beautiful. It's awesome, guys. Yes, Neil Gaiman. Uh, love. I'm reading his book on mythology, uh, Norse mythology right now. So good. So creative. So much explanation about, um, you know, interesting, the ending of Loki. I won't spoil it. If you guys watch the MCU, I understood what that ending meant because of Neil Gaiman's book, uh, the Norse mythology, because I understood what the, the Yadrasil tree was. Uh, with two G's, Y-A-G-G-D-R-I-S-I-L, Yadrasil tree, uh, which is this tree of life. And I won't give away the ending of Loki at all, uh, but you know, you need to understand some of that myth to get these messages that are in movies and TV for us. That's so really cool. Uh, American Gods, I need to read that one. I've heard good things about that. Danny, thank you so much, brother. Danny, I'll welcome you over there as well. Thank you for joining. I really look forward to meeting you. You guys uh, try to jump on the call, even if you can, just for a few minutes on Saturday, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. If you can't join, don't worry. I will be doing some evening things throughout the holidays, just kind of like bonus stuff for our community where we'll do some Zoom calls. So you guys make sure you're ready for that as well. Uh, so there's surely a time somebody can join, get to know each other better answer questions, share theories, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, and then for sure, for sure, check out the behind the scenes bonus content in there. Uh, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Yeah, awesome, Chris. Thank you very much. Um, unexpected, but understood. Yeah, absolutely. Handbook to Higher Consciousness. Um, 
Yeah, Chris, I'm sure you're talking about the ending to Loki there. So yeah, it was very unexpected for me too. So Honeybee says, yes, balance, spirit, and flesh. Amen. Amen, my sister. Heavenly Father and Earthly Mother. Yeah, guys, it's so like it's it's this yin and yang of things. And and I'm I'm learning that. Like uh there's this power output, this masculine power output that we really don't we exercise that like in business, but we don't exercise that in spirituality. Uh, most spirituality is dedicated to just like, you know, wait for it, see what God wants. It's a very divine feminine thing to do. Nothing wrong with that, but it's really a balance of both. Let me manifest and ask and see what the highest potentiality is and have no expectations around what I know I just created. Even if it's for another timeline, I don't ever get to experience, you know, then, then it's a good thing. Right. So, uh, Brulinda, how are you, my friend? Uh, I don't share my email out. Uh, oh, yeah, the Zoom. Yeah, so if you want to tap into the Zoom, you join the community, uh, hit up this link here. I just put it up there earlier. Uh, the $7 a month one has access to the Zoom and the $27 a month one. You can also buy a whole year and get two months for free right now. Uh, either one that you want will get you into the Zoom meetings. Yeah, I do Zoom meetings every week for 7 bucks a month. Most people wouldn't even think of doing that, but... I make sure that um, I'm always showing up for you guys. So um, all you got to do is go there, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. Go to the Mythos membership. Uh, joined. Awesome. Thank you so much, my friend. Uh, look forward to meeting you. So yeah, anybody else that's interested in it, that's what it is. Um, and it's all through my website. So, um, And then you can also PM me through there. I check those messages a lot more frequently than I do on my others because I get so much spam all the time. So it's just a lot easier to commune with me there. Uh, when Once you join, look for your confirmation email. You'll get a link to an app. You want to download the community app uh, through Kajabi, the community app, and that's going to be on your phone. It's for Android and uh, Apple as well. If you don't get that, message me on the website and I'll get it to you. That's easier to log in, and I like to have it on my phone all the time. But you can also, I have a bookmark on my computer and I keep it open in the background all the time so I can answer people all day. So great place to bookmark too if you got a desktop or a laptop. But uh, any more questions about today's episode, guys? I mean, this is like a really, really, thank you guys. Lots of new members today. Really, really appreciate you guys. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you for the support. And I cannot wait to meet y'all. Um, but really this is, this is a great, great episode. I hope people really go back and watch this. Um, cause I think there's some secrets here. I really do. I think the gods left us secrets or at least the myths, right? Go read my description of all of this. This will give you a good overview of this. If you're trying to share with a friend or family member, I do these really long write-ups in the uh, descriptions and I explain a lot of what I talk, like a good summary of what I talked about today in the description. Uh, so you can go check that out. Uh, but thank you guys. I love you all. Thank you. God bless you. Namaste. Y'all have a beautiful day. I will see you tomorrow. Uh, be sure and check out the short form content. Um, hit me up on Instagram and threads. Now I'm posting content over there, uh, doing a lot more stories and stuff over there. So if you want some different content, go check out Instagram and threads. Um, at C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R. Go check that out. Thank you, guys. I love you. Have a beautiful day. Look forward to meeting our new members. I'll go say hi here in just a minute. Thanks, guys. Peace.